Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day and welcome to the Farmswise Podcast where I talk everything agribusiness with the industry leaders within Australian agriculture looking to build agribusinesses one episode at a time. This week we're going into the cattle industry for where it all started for Sarah's Tag. You may well know them with if you're within the cattle industry. They will be building out later on but that's where you find out later on in the episode. David Smith joins us as the co-founder and CEO and the mastermind behind driving the product along with his co-founder and wife. If you get something out of this episode, please share it with your mates so that we can grow the podcast and reach other farmers that need this valuable content as well. It's vital that we can transfer this information, but also pass it on as well. It's all free, so help us by sharing it on social media. Now let's get on with the podcast and see what we can come up with with David. David from Sarah's Tag, how are you going today? Yeah, good, thanks, Jack. Good to be here. Amazing to have you on. I haven't met up with you personally, but I've been seeing a lot of lot of good stuff coming across on my socials and online and just keeping up with what you're doing within Sarah's Tag. But before we jump into agribusiness. Can you just give us a bit of detail about your background, your connection to agriculture and how it's landed you to start Sarah's Tag? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, my wife and I actually started the company where the two co-founders, Melita and myself, uh, both of us grew up on land. Uh, I was grew up on a property in the Hunter Valley and Melita on a property in the South Burnett in Queensland. And um, but both of us are professionals. We, I'm an engineer, uh, you know, with and uh, did an MBA and got into business and worked all over the world in the Middle East and Europe and North America, Asia, etc. And 
there was a time where there was a good opportune time to come back to agriculture and we brought that you know 20 25 years experience back to that and we identified an opportunity to improve the traceability provenance and welfare of of animals so is your engineering is electrical or something is it or no i'm actually i'm actually a materials engineer which is pretty important when it comes to ear tags because the biggest complaint is that they fall off the ear and that was the first problem that we solved. Yeah, absolutely. I'd imagine like for us, we've had a few tags that have fallen off, just a normal clip-in for sheep. Um, and if they do pop out, it's a bit of a worry because um, you don't want to be remarking them before selling them as well. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, an issue for the industry that's been around for quite a while and, um, it was one of the first things we did was re-engineer the whole retention system. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's amazing what you've done so far of Sarah's Tag. You're pretty humble about your previous experience working overseas with, it, with engineering. And I imagine that's like been the underlying um, experience that has gotten you to where you are today. So I think so important for others out there to get out of the industry and bring some knowledge back i went to europe for a few years and hopefully i'm bringing some skills back for marketing and communicating what you're doing but also giving farmers the tools to access in the most accessible platform through a podcast yeah jack it is important to bring new skills to the table and and at Ceres tag we've actually done that so although the two founders have got that uh, ag background, we, we've got a whole team uh, that comes from various backgrounds, everything from fashion, e-commerce to pathology, quality assurance, data and data security from cyber uh, activities and, you know, project management from the utilities industry. Uh, it takes all kinds to make something like this actually work. And, you know, each one of those people are actually managers of teams of, you know, software engineers and satellite engineers and industrial designers and manufacturers. And so it, it takes all of those things to be able to bring something that looks as simple as, a, as an ear tag to market. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of bling for the cattle, livestock, um, but it actually has some functionality to it as well. For Ceres Tag, you said it started in 2016. You saw a bit of a gap in the market. What actually was that gap and how did you identify that? Was that from like external parties or you and Melita were able to see, shit, we need to be able to identify yeah. our animals for welfare purposes, but also for tracking and traceability? Well, we were looking to go back on land ourselves at that point in time. And look, the gap was that there's three fundamental things that Ceres Tag does. It tells you where your animals are, how many there are, and what condition they're in. And with those three fundamental parameters, what we essentially do is reduce risk. So by knowing where the animals are, we, we reducing a risk about where, where they could be, whether it's theft or whether they're outside of the boundaries, and simple things like, and, you know, and whether they're still moving around, whether they're alive or dead, you know, before you even get into the more sophisticated parts of Ceres Tag, 
of you know health management and all the rest of it, which we could spend hours on, but we won't for today. But also the numbers of the cattle, you know, fundamentally knowing exactly how many animals there are will change your risk profile for things like finance and insurance. You don't want to say, Jack, how many, how many sheep or, or cattle do you have? And you say, well, I've got 1,200, but really, you know, maybe there's only 896 yeah. or maybe there's 1,341. You know, who would know unless you actually got a Ceres tag on because, you know, a financier or an insurer is not going to go out there and count them all. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, having human records is only as good as the human that's recording it. And, you know, if you don't actually have that ability to see and quantify digitally, then, you know, there's a lot of risk mitigation by saying, well, we'll discount how much money we'll loan you by 50% or, or you know, insurance. Well, I'm not sure if I even want to offer you insurance or not because I don't know where they are and how many there are. And then, of course, the, the condition of the animals changes everything, you know, to you don't want to be from a finance and insurance point of view, you don't want to be issuing finance and insurance to something that's not of good health or predictable or all yeah. those sort of things. But also the condition of the animals from a, a, a traceability, a welfare perspective. If we get a biosecurity threat into Australia, I mean, there's no way to be able to identify where they are and to be able to isolate it, you know? So to know those things is important. Yeah, absolutely. I think like since 2016 or maybe even pre previous from that, we're looking into dialing into looking at more individual tracking um, so that we can harness the impact of that. Because our highest cost is actually labour. And by using this technology out there, is enabling us to reduce the labour, but also focus on what matters as well. Absolutely. And I imagine you've seen a huge uptake from that, of, being, of what you've been doing and the benefits coming from farmers and yourselves for that. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we don't do, though, is we don't dictate to people how to use it. So some people want to put it on all the animals. Some people want to put it on 10% of the animals and get 50% of the value proposition. It depends how people want to use it, what their particular operations are, whether they're in the north, the south, etc. You know, it's like you've got to be able to provide the producer with the ability to think of what's best for their own business. So we don't tend not to dictate or tell people how they've got to use it. Yeah. Because most of our customers are actually know what they want, right? They, they're coming to us because they know exactly, if I know where my animals are, then I could do this, this, or this. Do they need to tag all of them? Maybe not, you know? And let's, you know, farmers are very smart, you know? They're very smart people who have been doing business for a long time. They already know this stuff. We don't need to tell them how to use it if they've got the capability to, to do so. Yeah, 100%. I agree. If farmers... Uh, like they're quite ambitious about what they want, know what they want. Um, and they also will know how to implement it into their own sort of enterprise. But let's take a step back into it and just see how it did start for Sarah's Tag and the R&D into it. So it started with 100 cows, 100 cattle from Lansdowne Research Station. Is that right? Yeah. So when we started off, uh, we, we actually um, 
took a proposal to Meat and Livestock Australia and they got behind us uh, because there was nothing that could identify where the animals are at any particular time and also be you know potentially NLIS compliant as well which is you know a very critical factor of, or point of difference although we're not NLIS um, we'd certainly aspire to to achieving that and we've got the you know the design to be able to do that um, we also got on board CSIRO who have been amazing in their support and they they've been our main technology partner development partner and then of course the the, the Queensland state government and um, the Australian government they all came on board as well and we've been very blessed with a huge amount of support um, and on top of that we've you know we continue to get new shareholders as well yeah absolutely I I feel like CSIRO is a bit of an unspoken hero for a lot of research and development out there how did they help like promote your progress for Ceres Tag? Is it their research and hours into it or did they have previous research? Yeah, they did have previous research. In fact, they had research that uh, had stopped and we found, uh, I got handed a paper actually that CSIRO had written about the work they'd done. And I contacted them and said, how, how come this is, you know, how come this stopped? And essentially the, the funding had stopped. So and we identified that it was the foundation for what we ultimately wanted to achieve. And, and together we worked at it and, and got the funding and we continued on the R&D path. So they, they developed all the comms, all the energy balance, all of the, you know, um, the internals to the tag, um, of which we then have the license for that, the yep. exclusive license for that. And... Sarah's tag did the retention system, the casing, the and all of the commercialization and IP securing. Yeah, I imagine that's a bit of groundwork just to get all of that up to up to scratch and also how you can implement it into real world. Did you have to go through a few different models just to see what work, what doesn't? Is a cow gonna flick it off or rip it off? Or block Absolutely. a sensor? Yeah, absolutely. Like we started, you know, retention is one of, probably the biggest question mark. And the, the, we, we use a double pin system and we've tested on hundreds and hundreds of animals. And, you know, we're, we're proud to say, and we can't say we got it right to start with, by the way, but we're proud to say that the retention system is, is five times greater than traditional NLIS plastic tags. Um, the twin system really holds very well in the way it locks in. It's actually three times easier to insert, like three times less pressure. So that makes it better for the animal and makes it better for, for the operator as well. And um, also, you know, this is the biggest part, no infection. So it was really something special for, particularly from an animal welfare perspective. Yeah, so you don't really see a difference from the standard applicator into yours, applying it to the ear. You can, it's just seamless. Like Yeah, well, we've got our own applicator. Yep. The applicator actually turns it on. So until that time, yeah, when, okay. the tags arrive at, when the tags arrive at your door, they're asleep. Yeah. And when you put it into the actual applicator, that's when it turns on. So the applicator is a smart applicator as well, and it's, so you can see that on our website anyway. 
Yeah, suppose it's like when you buy a new watch, you got that little um, sleeve of plastic that you pull out and then it's released and then it's starting to work. Yeah, well, ours is a bit more sophisticated, but yes, the principle is the same. It's the same, the same principle anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you must be pretty proud of where you've come from for Sarah's Tag. What's it been? Nearly five years for the yeah. company to get to where it is. I imagine everyone sees you maybe as an overnight success, but there's been a lot of groundwork, well, 25 years yeah. of experience in business and engineering and with your wife there as well as a co-founder. What can you discuss yeah. the challenges of um, like starting up an ag tech? And if you want to touch on what you're just to say as well. Yeah, look, Jack, one of, one of the, what really gets us excited, though, is the, the way in which we can use data to, to help farmers make better decisions. So, you know, unlike some others where you try, you know, you're creating the data and you provided a, a software, we don't actually provide that software, that visualisation software. So the farmers can actually choose which software they want to use because everyone wants to see the data in a different way yeah. depending on what you know whether they're a breeder backgrounder feedlot you know process or whatever the case may be and where you fit in this in the supply chain but it's the ability to move the data to give you better finance to give you better insurance to to do all of those things or and just make better decisions on land you can't make better decisions unless you got the information to do that. And I, that's the bit that really gets us excited. It's not just us that's causing this, it's everybody's involved. We've created a platform, a community to use data to benefit everyone along the supply chain. And that's when, that's when you get social change you get yeah. better profitability happening. You get everyone's in a better frame of mind because you're making better decisions. You know, it's, so that's what really gets us up every day, and uh, is you know proud to have produced what we've produced. Yeah, absolutely. You know, suppose it's a constant development. In that you're receiving some like good feedback from the farmers. Have they been a key element into the development of what you're doing? as well as the research station at Lansdowne? Yeah, so, you know, the, the interesting thing is that you don't know what you don't know. And some of the, some of the farmers that we've had it on, uh, on the animals, like they noticed the animals were going backwards and forwards to a particular place. And this is on a big property, right? Really big property. And, um, and they, why are the animals going back to that one place? And they went and investigated and they found they had a water source that they didn't even know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so it's lots of simple stuff like that. But from that, they were then made a whole lot of other decisions or started asking questions about their livestock. They've changed, you know, quite a bit of their, the way they think about their livestock because now they know. Uh, I know you've had uh, other people on your program that I know have tried these sort of technologies as well. And they found that the sheep always went back to the highest part. They thought they had flat land, but the sheep always went back to the same place. And it's because it was actually the highest part of his land. And because they go there to, to watch out for predators, of course, you yep. know, before they go down and start grazing. 
So we don't know what we don't know unless we have the information. And I think that's that's what we're changing. Yeah, 100%. I think that rings true with like every facet within agriculture and even outside of the industry as well. But for Sarah's tag, developing it and bringing it into life, what sort what sort of different things have you amended to make it more applicable? Like for you're selling it on functionality, like it can track. Um, what were the three fu functionalities to it? The three benefits that you said in the beginning? Sure. So we have satellite connectivity. Yep. And I, I want to come back to that in a moment. We have accelerometer, which yep. is the behavior, like the movement. And if there's changes in movement and with our smart algorithms, we can detect all sorts of uh, health and welfare and, and performance benefits. We have Bluetooth, so we can actually talk to third-party devices, maybe a walkover wire or, or you know, other pieces of equipment. It has ambient temperature, but that's just the air temperature. It's not the actual animal temperature. Um, so they're the fundamental capabilities of the tag. But because we've got satellite, and this is the important part here, Jack, because we've got satellite, we can be a scalable plug-and-play uh, technology. In other words, other technologies that are in our space, you, you'll spend fifty dollars to $100,000 in put it, setting up antennas all over your property. And, you know, and unfortunately, if, a, if there's a gully or a hill or a tree, you know, you get that interference or, or you can't, or the animals disappear. But with satellite, we're in, it, what it enables us to do is anyone can just buy a packet of 10 tags and an applicator. And, you know, it's about three and a half thousand dollars, but you can get started. It's the lowest cost way to get into precision livestock agriculture. So unlike the others, so we're at least 20 times less price to get started. And if you like it, then you just scale it. You just buy boxes of 24 tags as you need it. You know, maybe you just want to buy an extra one to put on your wieners, you know, or, you know, a couple of boxes. You don't have to put it on, like I said, you don't have to put it on every, every cow or every sheep or whatever the case may be. It's completely scalable and the plug and play nature of it. So it arrives at, you buy it online from our website, arrives at your door, you go out, you put it on the animals, come back to the software that you're familiar with, that you feel comfortable with, whatever that happens to be, and you start getting your data from your animals. It couldn't be any simpler. We can't make it any simpler. Instead of a 17 step process, we've brought it down to three. Yeah, right. That's actually something I didn't know about the tag, which I'll touch on later. But selling the value of knowing like where the cattle are going, how, are you doing that? Are you able to do that? Or you just selling on functionality and then farmers are able to see my water is actually not in the right place where it should be to make the farm more efficient to not um, reduce the amount of weight gain that they could be doing because they have to walk an yep. extra 20 Ks. So uh, going back to, we, we don't dictate what, what there is. Yep. Well, on our right. website, there's a there's a, a report by PricewaterhouseCoopers who outlined some, some of the value propositions, whether it's mustering efficiency, whether it's theft reduction, whether it's uh, performance enhancements, pasture utilization, except the list goes on. And there's a great report there that individualizes 
everything that you could get, well, most things, believe it or not, doesn't have traceability provenance. We haven't put a price on that as well. But because, you know, taking that to the next level, if you could guarantee where the animals have come from, what, what they, you know, vaccines they've had, et cetera, et cetera, by the time they get to processing, you know, that packet of data is as worth as much as the cow itself because yeah. you can market it different. You can market it as a premium or, or you know, coming from Dubbo. You know, this, this animal comes from Western New South Wales and it's pasture fed on the best grasses, you know, et cetera. So there's quite a number of opportunities here with the data. We've just never had that data before. And I'm a firm believer that in the next decade, you won't be able to buy, sell or transfer an animal without having a packet of data with the animal, right? It's not this year, it's not next year, but certainly in the next decade. And COVID has only made that more pronounced that we yeah, need to have it. that. Yeah, I think that's where it's going as well. Data is the key word that I just keep hearing time and time again. Um, not as if it's a hindrance. I think it's really benefiting what we're doing, but I think there's a bit of a learning curve there for farmers on stations, properties, whatever you call it, for us to actually start using what we are collecting for that. Have you seen anything like how can we as farmers start to improve how we collect data, but also how we measure it and how we make decisions off yep. the back of it? Well, look, data can be both helpful and can be non-helpful. And I'll say that is because, you know, I still know some producers who complain about putting NLIS tags and recording all of that sort of information. Yeah. And, and it's because they're, they're required to write it down or record it somewhere, you know, and it's, it's an extra activity. It's not like a farmer needs another thing to do, you know, the thing about Ceres tag though is once you put it on the animal, all that data is automated. Yeah. So it's just collecting it. It's just going to the satellite and coming down. So you could, you know, the software companies that we partner with are very good managers of data. So they can collate that into reports. So you just press the button on a particular report you need, whether it's for regulatory requirements or your own uh, performances or management. So the automation of data is the, the key to it all, making it simple to use and automated. And that's exactly what Ceres Tag was designed to do, to, to be helpful, not a hindrance to, to producers. Yeah, work, work smarter, not harder, and start to automate the processes is the best way that you're going to onboard farmers into the process of Sarah's tag, but also collecting data there as well. The thing that you said before, which I didn't know, was that you don't put it on every animal that you've got. Is this like just for mobs? You would just tag a few within a mob just so you can get some information on what they're doing and what they're reacting to as such? Yeah, absolutely. Some people, like you won't get your full traceability provenance if you don't put it on every animal naturally. But some people just want to know where, because, you know, animals move in herds and mobs. And, you know, if you just want to do some mustering, you, you, know, you, don't, you might only need it on 10% of the animals and you, you'll know where they are. So you can go straight there and, 
and start doing your mustering if that's the most important thing for you. Like I said, farmers are pretty smart people. They know what is going to change their world, what's going to change their life, their operations, etc. So it it sort of depends, Jack, on on the operations of everyone. But yep. like I said, our customers are smart people. They already know what they're going to use it for. It has been wide range. To be honest, uh, the the really low hanging fruit here is you know against stock theft. You know to be able to have the opportunity to capture the the thieves because you know come in the middle of the night, cut the fence down, or or, or round them up, put them on the back of the truck, take them hundred k down the road. Nobody else is going to track them except us. That's yep. it. You know. It's out of range for everybody else. They get, they run them through the chute. They get a tag remover. It's off in like three seconds. Put their own tags in. Hey, presto! With our tags, you, it's a lot harder. You need a bolt cutters to get the bloody thing off. It's so tightly held on the animal, and you know we're tracking them. By the time they do that, we've already pinged them multiple times. You know, so the yep. police know exactly where to go to get them. And, of course, I'll just throw them on the ground, you know, and the tag still pings. So so the likelihood you'll capture them and have good opportunity to to be able to, um, you know, charge them is, is probably much higher than what it's ever been using Ceres tags. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if anything's going to get stolen, hopefully they have Ceres tag on so that we can track them down. But... It is good to see that benefit from like a negative there as well. But I think what you're doing for Sarah's Tag and for farmers is improving how we use our livestock um, and how we can also use the data that the livestock give us from to make better decisions in the long run. Absolutely. For, for farmers that are currently using and for some farmers that may be listening to this and thinking, Hey, it might be for me, it may not be. What sort of farmers are currently on board that are using it? Like farm size, type of livestock? Like yeah. is it for pigs, just cattle, sheep, chooks? Yeah, so the ones that are on board at the moment, some of them on really big properties, like I'm talking million acres sort of yeah. properties up in the Territory and Queensland, right down to the, you know, the absent farmer. One's got 100 acres, 200 acres, they work in the city. They, they don't live on their land they, and they don't know what their cattle are doing. They're prime targets for theft as well. You know? yeah. So it really depends. We really span the whole gamut of everything. There's, you know, I love these new ones that new, new um, people are doing. Actually, what we're doing when I was younger is like they're, they're doing regenerative agriculture and they're actually doing their own uh, meat supply as well, you know, to have that point of difference and to be able to prove that point of difference, you know, they're asking for premium for their meat and boy, doesn't it taste great? You know, those people that are going that extra mile. So, you know, when you're doing things like that and the value of beef and lamb and stuff now and the, the, the price of the animals going up and up and up, you know, the technology is just becoming so much more sense that I have to use it. Yeah, and I think like if you're in a few years, if you're not using such technology as Ceres Tag, um, you're going to be sort of left behind 
and under the benchmark of where the industry needs to be for consumers, but also for welfare activists that may come up to like agriculture and ask a few questions of what welfare is. But if we've got some serious tags here that have proven the data there before, uh, we can actually go towards them and say, well, they're pretty happy in the paddock here. They haven't been stolen or their their welfare, their conditions up upbeat. Um, and we are looking after them sustainably and leading in towards that sort of regen ag. It's a huge sort of space. I imagine there's a fair bit of work there for you to see what happens within agriculture and how we can use that data. Do you have like something to add about that? Well, I think there's also the rise of the, the people who are against agriculture and animals and stuff like that. And it's, and a part of it is that you just don't have the data to prove the, yeah. the good management that Australian producers particularly have. And, you know, it's technologies like this that those sort of people just won't have a leg to stand on because now you can prove it, you know, and, and I like, I, I know that farmers are great managers and, you know, they care about their, their land and their animals and stuff. Now we can prove it. And, isn't that a huge thing? Rather than listening to the rant that, that some people have about what isn't true, um, this is a way to prove that things are true. Yeah, definitely. It comes back to that probably like value adding, that point of difference if you are taking your own sort of meat to market as well. So for Sarah's Absolutely. tag, what livestock actually currently running it? Is it just cattle, sheep? So the, the tag isn't actually on sheep right now. It's about yep. to go on sheep at the, uh, in July, um, but it's, it's certainly on cattle. Uh, we've got sales into New Zealand, of course, Australia, South Africa, Kenya, Switzerland, uh, Finland, but Finland is a wildlife um, into Alaska, Canada, and mainland US. Crikey, you've been so. pretty busy then. No, things have been pretty good. I think, uh, you know, it's, we've been told multiple times that we've been waiting for this technology for 20 years. We've just been waiting for someone to develop it. You know, it's like people already know what they want to do with it once now that it's available. Yeah, yeah. it's just, just as well that you got into it and got it all started. But let's touch on Beef 21, Beef Australia up in Rockhampton. How did it go? You had a bit of a presence up there. I heard, I wasn't actually there myself, unfortunately, but I heard you launched something new for Sarah's Tag. Can you just tell us a bit about that and what it was? Yes, yeah, so that was the official launch. So yep. up until then, we'd been pure development until that time. Um, and what we did is we, we turned on our e-commerce website. So people, anyone around the world could go on and buy the tags. And, uh, you know, we'll have, glad to say the Sunday night before Beef even started, we we turned it on and we had uh, we had eight boxes sold into North America when we woke up on Monday morning. So it was quite a great start to the uh, to the to the whole launching of, of Ceres Tag. But you know, there we we got to to talk with a lot of producers and we got to you know display the the actual finished product. And that's the first time people have really had the opportunity to hold it in their hand. And yeah, there was quite a bit of excitement around that. Yeah, I bet there's some like proof in the pudding for yourself, some good confidence going forward. If you sold eight boxes prior to launching, 
into like was it North America? Um, yeah. How, how did that happen? Do you know like are they just following your story or you actually have some sales going on at the moment? A bit of a so, base. Oh, we we did have a couple of pre-sales, but even putting that aside, what what I'd like to uh, say is that Australian ag tech really is starting to be recognised as the world leaders in what we're doing. And, and it's really exciting to be here where, where because we've had the advantage of you know, not much COVID interference relatively yeah. to everybody else in the world. So we've managed to still keep the accelerator down. And so we're developing just world-class ag tech and the world is watching. What are the Australian producers using? What are the, why are they using it? Because we produce such high quality product, you know, they want to know how they can keep up. And if they're not using the same ag tech as Australian producers, then, you know, they could easily fall behind. Yeah, absolutely. We do have great ag tech and great podcasts producing it, getting the communications out there as well. A good little <laughs> plug, not only for myself, but there's some great agriculture podcasts out yeah, there pushing yes. the boundaries and also telling the stories of what needs to be told. But for the backing, I, one thing I struggle with is trying to like see for yourself as a startup ag tech, trying to get like your motivations and your processes, but then also trying to see the workings, how farmers can work, work with your technology. So it's been great to get a bit of a mix from you, David, about that. So what's your, where do you see success for your Sarah's tag? Yeah. So look, we're, you know, the, the livestock uh, product is our masthead product. We actually have the goal to be the most comprehensive animal monitoring company in the world. We actually have a pet product in advanced development with, again, with CSIRO. Uh, we have a specific wildlife for conservation and pest eradication. Here in Australia, that's going to be big to try and get control of the wild pigs, wild dogs, etc and the way we use that. Some of these things are collar as well as an ear tag. Um, we have some very exciting stuff that I can't tell you too much about at the moment, other oh. than it's going to solve some of the biggest welfare issues we have in livestock at the moment uh, that people have got an eye on. Um, so we, we've got, a, even though we're in, we're in, we're selling product now, we've got cash flow, we're well-funded. We just closed the capital raise as well. Um, it's an exciting time for us, you know. Product development pipeline is, is strong. Uh, we just want to improve everything about animal management, whether it be for consumption, conservation, or companionship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, like, retail one for pets would be a huge one for knowing where your, your loved dog is if you ran off yeah. or something like that. So that's a bit above oh. the chip, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, the The pet product is even further sophisticated, but yeah. we're able to lift the price a bit to, to bring in even more sophistication into the product. I mean, you're talking about, you know, barking, scratching, eating, lying down, resting, all of those things that, um, and what we learn out of the pets, we can also then bring back to the livestock as well to, to know all of this. And because it all comes down to algorithms at the end of the day, and, and we are a truly smart tag. In other words, 
that we can actually update algorithms on the tag. So as you know, so think of it like when the iPhone first came out, it came out and had about six apps on there. But now there's about six million apps that you can put on the iPhone. And Serif Tag's a little bit like that, you know, we've got some basic algorithms that are got providing some really important data, but soon we'll be able to detect, you know, this is over time, we'll be able to detect specific diseases, performance outcomes, behaviors, you know, all of these things to continue to add value to the producer so they can get right down into detail. It's no longer just a, a commodity, you know, we'll be able to, demand high prices because we'll know this level of detail yeah absolutely i think it's so important that we do we are going into like individual individualistic um data collection and how we can use that is it do you see uptake from like cattle studs there's a lot of money in cattle studs getting thrown around and if they can collect this data for them yeah. it can only benefit what they're doing yeah, absolutely. Cattle studs, uh, you know, they often are the first adopters because exactly what you said, their animals are just much higher value. Yeah. And then it, from there, it's a bit like Formula One cars start with the, the best technology, then it drifts into everyday sort of cars. Similar that, you know, the, the Ceres tag will be for the high performing producers, studs, etc., and then it'll drift down into to everyday sort of usage. People won't even think about it. They'll just use, you know, if it's not Ceres tag, Ceres tag type um, information. So for the tags, can you actually like update them remotely? Is that what you're saying? Like it's similarity to Apple phones or any sort of smartphone? Yeah. So at the moment we only have one way communication. So the tag talks to the satellite. But over time, of course, we'll get two-way communication. And it has to be one way at the moment because of limitations of technology to be able to make it small and light enough to be able to go on an animal's ear. So, but over time, that technology will get better. You know, it will probably become a little bit cheaper. All of those sort of things will naturally happen anyway. But even now with the tag the way it is, we can still update it using Bluetooth. So you can buy an lot. Like, you know, we're building these fun functionalities now where you'll be able to buy a particular algorithm off our algorithm store and load it via Bluetooth onto the tag. So, yeah, you, the tag can continue to improve even after it's on the animal. Yeah, fantastic. Did you do an Elon Musk and launch your own satellite or are you bouncing off someone else's? <laughs> No, we're, we, it was announced on New York Stock Exchange. We, uh, we partnered with a group called Global Star out of Louisiana in the US. So they've got, a, they've got a full constellation of satellites and they've been operational for quite you know, a couple of decades now. So we, that's the reason why they went. There's some technical reasons why we also went with them, but um, they've been a great partner for us. And um, that gave us access. We could be selling into 58 countries because of, uh, you know, partnering with those guys. Yeah, the market that they can sort of present for you, that's really good, um, I suppose, as an up-and-coming ag tech. You're only at the start of your journey. I see that you've got a lot of growth ahead of you. Um, it's pretty exciting to work in there, I imagine, not only for yourself but your employees in the team. How many do you have in the team currently? We have 10 
people in the team at the moment, but of course that's growing. I'm actually looking for customer success managers. I'm looking for uh, finance, merchandising, for scheduling and and uh, and other <clears throat> tasks as well. We're you know we're, we're looking for a marketing assistant at the moment. You know, so we've got quite we're growing. We're growing. You know, we've got revenue, uh, and we're just improving things all the time. E-commerce is a very important factor for us to be able to just go online 24 hours a day to buy your product anyone anywhere anytime can purchase and it gets delivered directly to your door and uh, and you can go out and start using it and get getting the benefits you don't need to wait for someone to crawl all over your property and look and work out how many towels needs to go up and send you a quote and argue what the price is and then you know we don't that's that's terrible business just make it simple make it available and make it work the way it's supposed to that's all you need to do absolutely we're inclined to go for the most convenient method and if we can order some tags and they come straight to our door and it's all automated once it's on the ear that's fantastic before we might start to round it up there, David, it's been like we've gotten some great value and key takeaways there. Hopefully for the listeners to take some away and implement some motivation or even Sarah's tag into their own enterprise. What's something that you, you've you like on your journey of building ag tech, you've learned that for someone jumping in, thinking about starting their own idea that you would pass on? Yeah, look, the, the one... Some important things are stay focused and stay funded. If you just do those two things and make sure that you're able to survive um, through, because you will go through some tough times, and as long as you, you're focused and you're funded, you'll you can work work your way out. Ask for advice. Don't never stop asking people for advice and questions but always make your own decisions and the final thing is write your own checks most importantly don't give anyone else the control of your bank balance exactly pay yourself first you think yeah well you have to if you're not going to survive then the business is not going to survive yeah that's it i think a lot of people need to look at the profitability before they start something off but also the functionality of how it be applied to agriculture. It's a huge space, but you're narrowing in on livestock and then spreading your wings into pets and then so on. But it's been really good to have you on the podcast today, David. Now for the farmers, what's a piece of farms advice you'd like to pass on that would enable farmers to get over that little hump or something else that you have in mind? Well, Jack, we... Together, we're not going to be able to build a $100 billion agricultural industry like we're, we're trying to, to do without the adoption of technology. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that some people are early adopters and some people are laggards. But do yourself a favour, try Sarah's tag. If you don't like it, it hasn't been that big a um investment to start with we've made it super simple to access try it if you like it 
keep buying more tags and utilize all that information. If you don't like it, at least you know. Yeah, absolutely. And on that, if you don't like it, I'd imagine to encourage to give some feedback onto why it didn't work out for your, your enterprise. Um, it'd be quite knowledgeable for the industry to know, but also for yourself, Sarah's tag. Absolutely. G'day, David. So how can people contact you on socials or is that email? What's best if I want to find out more about Sarah's tag and what you do? Yeah. So we've got lots of information all over the socials, whether it be Facebook, uh, Instagram or, or LinkedIn. They're the three primary ones that we use for socials. You can always reach out there or info at sarastag.com is also another, if you want to write, it's an email. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. Go to our website. If you want to have a talk to someone about it, you can book a, book a time uh, to have a 15 minute call to just make sure that the reasons why you're buying Sarah's Tag are, are right. Absolutely. Well, the resources there get involved if you're looking inclined towards that way. And then the last question I'll wrap up with, I ask everyone is who else would you like to hear on the Farm Spice podcast and why? I'm going to be quite personal here. Like I, I, I want to improve the, the, the earth and, and it's, and it's uh, the way we use pastures and, and all of that, that regenerative, I've, I've got a, I've got a personal passion. I don't mind if other people don't share my passion for that. But, uh, you know, if you haven't had Phil Tickle from Seabay Labs, then uh, he'd be a good guy to get on for, to know, you know, where your pastures are and how many days left of pasture feeding, et cetera. Really utilise your land to the maximum extent without actually causing any problems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one. I'll have to get Phil Tickle on if he's listening. He'll have to get in touch. That'd be great. No worries. Thanks, David. Have a cracking week. Um, and I look forward to seeing where your journey goes as Sarah Tag and yourself. Thanks very much, Jack. Pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. What a company and what a bloke. Thanks to David for coming on the show. Really valuable there and I really got something out of it also. Sometimes I actually have trouble trying to get Get two channels of conversation out of speakers. One's to do for David is how he actually started his ag tech startup and how he's how he's found himself in the position he is today for others to look in. If you're looking to make a startup, you've got the idea but you're not sure how to implement and execute on that. That's something really important to get across on the FarmSwise podcast. But also, most importantly, the benefits for farmers, that, that type of content and how Sarah's Tag can be implemented or any other ag tech company out there into the farm so that farmers on the other end are able to implement some key takeaways into their own enterprise to better themselves in their daily routine, but also to give them a bit of a brighter outlook as we get on with the podcast. We're giving you the tools and information to go away and implement into your own enterprise. So if you've liked this episode, please share it so you can, so you can help us grow too. 
I'm farming and producing a podcast at the same time as well as my as it's my diversification to help me grow my own self-development, but also so I can start implementing a few key takeaways from these speakers, from David and the other 51 episodes previously. It's really important, I believe, transferring information, but also more important to implement and execute on those. So until then, follow us on Instagram or any social media. YouTube's a big hit at the moment. We've got a cracking 14 subscribers, I think. So if you can drive that up or give us an Apple podcast review, it really helps us produce the podcast. And as they say, keep the lights on and keep the tractor moving and the lambs marked. So until then, see you next Tuesday and keep on farming. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.